Ladies, this is our time, and it's time to unburden ourselves of unrealistic expectations, including our own. The veneer we see in the media is often not just false, it's unhealthy. And frankly, some of it is just total bullshit. This is Chick Shit, a podcast that goes far beyond tropes, bringing you gritty realness about real-life experiences of today's woman. LJ and I break it down, right here, right now. Welcome to Chick Shit. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of your favorite weekly podcast, Chick Shit with LJ and Di, where every week we pick a topic that affects women, and let's face it, probably a lot of other people, and we pick a media source that portrays that, and then we discuss what the media source got really right and what it got not so really, really right. As always, I pick the drinks and Di picks the topics. Di, what are we talking about? So today we are talking about women lifting women and the media source that we're using to break down this topic is the movie, the women, uh, this is the 2008 question mark. As I look at Google, yes, <laughs> 2008 film. There are several versions of the women. There's a 1939 film. That is now what we're doing. We're doing Med Ra- Meg Ryan, Jada Pinkett Smith and Annette, uh, Annette Benning, Eva Mendez, or Ava Mendez, and um, Grace. Why am I blanking on Grace's name? Deborah Messing. Boom. Wait, who is the who plays the housekeeper? Oh, because it's somebody else. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, and the mom. All I can think of is every time I see her on Miss Congeniality, she is the one that when yeah. Sandra Bullock says, "Yeah," she goes, "It's always yes." Yes. Never, yeah. Yes. Well, we'll get into all that and more. Uh, what are we drinking to go along with the topic today? We are drinking a Lazy Bones Cab Franc because I have no spoons and I feel lazy. And that's the best, uh, best uh, reason I can give you. And it's in my giant red glass because my giant red glass brings me joy. I love a big wine glass. And here we are. I drank out of the giant purple glass. You did? Yeah. I love a big glass. I love a big big glass. I either love a really big wine glass or a really like sharp edged wine glass, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is what I have. You know, I've got my stemless, but my stemmed wine glasses Mm -hmm. are like a sharp edge because I think it makes them look real sexy. It does. Yeah, it it for sure does. Um, how's your week so far? How are you? I haven't seen you in a week. I haven't seen you in a week and I've barely texted you this week because I have been so busy with work. Yeah. So it's been good. This past weekend was really good non-work. So Matt and I were tourists in our own city. We did a ghost tour. We did some brewery hopping and then we did, we went to a museum here together. That's called the Levine museum of the new South, which showed North Carolina's history from post civil war to today, which was very fascinating and really good. By the way, fun fact from the museum. Did you know that air conditioning was created in North Carolina because of cotton. 
not because people were sweating their asses off, but because they needed a way to control the environment in which they spooled and, um, you know, create manufactured cotton. Well, the touch, the feel of cotton, the fabric of our lives. No, you didn't like that. Yeah, no, I liked it. So what was your favorite part of Chattanooga? Was it the DMV? So we're going Charlotte to Chattanooga. Well, I see who you (laughs) want me to think your city's (laughs) and my city is inferior to yours by me explaining some cool things here and being like, well, but mine's better. Tell me what you like about mine. No, I think Charlotte probably trumps chat. I like Chattanooga felt very little Rocky to me, which little Rocky little rock (laughs) is a cool ass city. There's a river that runs right through it. You've got cool, hippie, trendy parts of the city, a lot of good local vibes happening, good restaurants, people are very kind to each other. And then sprinkled about, you've got about 80 churches in the mix, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. more. <laughs> the DMV, very organized in and oh, out. Oh, yeah. Very, very efficient at the DMV. Not efficient enough to get you the Dolly yeah, license. I could not right? get the Dolly Parton. We went to the DMV. My registration was up and I just needed to get it done. So I was like, do you care if we do this? Will you hate me? And, and she I said, said yes. yes, I will hate you. And the whole time we were in the DMV, she just stared at me with daggers in her eyes now. But I was like, I want to get the Dolly Parton license plate because when you get that, the money gets donated to the Imagination Library, which is Dolly Parton's thing where she sends books to children all over the country to make sure that everyone has access for free. P.S. Side note, she is now also going to pay for tuition, books, everything for Dollywood employees to go to college queen she's perfect i did pick up a new dolly mug you did i mean i got gifted wink wink (laughs) (laughs) and it's precious so we got up in the front of the line and i was like can i get the dolly plate and he was like you've got to go wait in that line for the dolly plate and that line was about 40 people longer and i was like nope don't want it that bad love you dolly we'll donate online (laughs) (laughs) dolly i will still support you you just aren't on the back of my car at this juncture. At this we bought time. a few little gifties for our sweet friends that we're going to surprise them with. We did. We double fisted a lot. Yes. Mainly I caffeinated an alcoholic drink pairing was my go-to. Not I sure mean, how well that works out, but. No, we figured out that the restaurant in my town is the same as the restaurant in your town, but they have different names, but the same menu. Yes, I got the ceviche platter at both places, which is a serving of ceviche for an entire family. Did I eat it all? Yes, I did. I mean, it looked delicious. It was. The hot yoga teacher was our bartender. (laughs) I thought you were talking about the other guy being the hot yoga teacher. And I'm like, maybe our tastes are different different than I thought. Like I knew they were pretty different, but it was the older guy and just the way the t-shirt went on his back yeah it was a tie oh. it was a fitted tee on on this man and i, I could see it i could see vibe. but you you vibe. saw who i thought i thought it was like basically the managers of a red robins like <laughs> <laughs> no but now i want a 
red robin burger and some steak fries (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well since we're both low on spoons shall we chat about women lifting other women we shall Clothing designer Mary Haynes appears to have it all, a beautiful home in Connecticut, a successful husband, a lovely daughter, and the support of a close circle of friends, led by magazine editor Sylvie Fowler. When Mary learns her husband is cheating, her pals rally around her, but his infidelity does not compare to the betrayal Mary feels when Sylvie spills the beans about the affair to a gossip columnist she wants to hire for a magazine opening scene of this movie we see sylvie powerhousing and five minutes through Saks fifth avenue uh to scan the room of items she can shop and missouri is in this huh the the nail tech is yeah Missouri. yeah i love her i forgot about that until this moment yeah, so she 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 has to make it out to Connecticut to Mary's brunch that she's hosting, and so she's going to get a manicure very quickly um, to uh, and then head out to the brunch. Well, during the manicure, she finds out from the manicurist that some big hotshot Wall Street guy is having an affair with Crystal, the perfume counter girl. And as she's spilling this information out, Sylvie realizes she's talking about her best friend's husband. And that's kind of the tone that we get set for the movie. So I feel like one aspect of women, women lifting women is trying to refrain from the continuous gossip that can really cause harm to women. Cause Mm -hmm. like, Gossip for the sake of gossip, it can be entertaining as we've talked about in, in an episode about it, but like not realizing the impact that some gossip can have and like making a woman to feel like a fool in a situation like that and continuing to spread, like that's not a way to lift another woman up. No, no. Yeah. That's really rough, especially because that's like my biggest nightmare in life is oh my burp won't come out that's like my biggest nightmare in life though because you're just like talking to be like oh girl I have the tea like ba 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 you don't realize that you're you may actually be ruining someone's life and also if you're one of like your girlfriends um is sleeping with a married man I maybe wouldn't be proud to speak that around right i maybe would be having a chat with her like hey let's check in right like how are you doing because this isn't great and i feel that we can lose sight of so quickly how things like this impact other women um especially like you can think it's harmless but you to see that like constantly we're cutting each other down for the sake of a story is just pulling the power away from, from women being able to be successful too. And continuing that culture of like cutting each other instead of lifting each other. Gotta lift, get on my shoulders, boo. And once you're up, you can pull me up with you. Why do you feel that uh, women have the need to cut each other down versus lift each other up? 
the world that we live in. The expectations that are set for us are so unattainable on the cover of every magazine. And you kind of see Sylvie talking about this, wanting to have somebody on the cover that's not a double zero model who hasn't eaten in a month and show real women and have real women, you know, writing in the magazine. And you see her editor like, no, uh-uh. So if you are not what you're seeing on the front of these magazines and what you're seeing in movies and what you're seeing in TV, then you make yourself feel better by belittling, by, whoop, by belittling someone else. Well, I think what you just said too, it's so easy to write someone off. That's not you because you're trying to get held to a standard. So you just said, uh, double zero models who aren't real women. And like, you can, you can make it up in your head that those aren't real women, but that doesn't do a service to those women either who are real women. You know, it's just, I think it personally comes from a lot of insecurities in oneself. And I don't have any of this zero. (laughs) (laughs) So just kidding. I, you know, we went to dinner when we were in Chattanooga and, uh, when we, we went to a speakeasy before, or like a little, a little cocktail place before, Mm -hmm. and you, me, and a good friend of ours, got gussied up. We were sitting, we were having some drinks, mistress cyanide, mrs. Cyanide. There was uh there was a couple sitting next to us. I'd say probably they were in their maybe oh, mid forties. No, not that one. Mm-mm. Oh, not the mean man. Okay. Sorry. Not the other side. Um, gotcha, I think gotcha, they gotcha, were gotcha. in their like mid forties and maybe, or maybe late forties and the one like a very attractive couple guy, woman, like very attractive and a younger group of girls came in and one of the girls, I wanted to steal her dress and wear it immediately, but, um, <laughs> it had some cutouts in it and like, I'm one to wear those dresses all the time. Right. Like I yeah. love, I love, you know, um, and, Jen and I overheard that woman sitting next to us, cut down the young girl in front of our husband and saying like, Oh, I mean, like it's a pretty dress and all, but like, Oh, it's cold outside, but she's freezing. I don't know why, like she needs to wear that in here tonight. And it's just like, why, why, why? Like you could tell she was feeling a sense of insecurity about maybe the way she was dressed or like Mm -hmm. how she was with, with her husband or partner who, or whoever it was, but it's like, you know, our, our, me and Mr. Cyanide were just like, we really try not to do that. There's no point in that. Like there's no point in pulling someone down because of your insecurities and yourself. And like, it's really a time to reflect and be like, why, why am I staring at this person who's doing their own thing, who's not causing any harm to anybody feeling themselves. Like, why wouldn't I lift that up in some way? What does that say about me? Well, and how does that girl wearing the cutout dress affect that woman in any way, shape or form? And if you don't like it and it's not your style, guess what? Your head, you're on the neck. You can turn your head the other way. You don't have to look at it. I think where it comes is like in her security to be worried about perhaps her partner is looking at that girl. Uh, Yeah. 
Well, listen. Beauty recognizes beauty. Exactly. Like, I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't. And, but I mean, it did take me a while to get to that point of recognizing, you know, I I used to, I used to be Regina George. Let us not forget. When, when do you think that that took the turn for you to start recognizing, like, there's no point in it? Because, you know, we talked about this on our country Christmas episode about Dina Carter and versus Shania Twain and not cutting <laughs> down Shania. women and lifting and lifting women up. So, like, when yeah. did you recognize that really what's important is is lifting versus cutting? I'm going to say probably when I moved to Philadelphia. So like my early to mid twenties, because you're in a big city, you're exposed to a lot more. Um, it's more of a melting pot. And I worked for a company that had a very diverse collection of employees and I got to know them. And so then it became real in my life. It's, I kind of use the example of cancer. Cancer is a thing that's out there growing up. I knew it was a thing, but it's not something that would happen to my family. And it wasn't that big of a deal until my mom was diagnosed. And then I started to realize, oh my God, this is everywhere. And this affects so many people and so many families. And like, this is not just a thing that's out there, but it doesn't affect me the, the judging and the cutting down was just a thing that like mean people do. And I said things, but I wasn't being mean. I was just making observations, but then I got to know these people and I'm like, what they're wearing. If someone else was wearing it, I would have said this and that would have been super hurtful. And like their outfit or hair or whatever choices it doesn't, if they feel good, then let them feel good. If it's not something I would wear, guess what? I don't have to wear it. I feel like you've always been nice and no one holds a grudge against you. So <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I try to now be a nice person, but that took growth. I did the same things. So maybe I wouldn't say I'm out loud, but those thoughts would come into my head. And now what I'm working on is like the internal analysis of if one of those thoughts does come across my head, um, why, why is it happening? So like, yeah, yeah. Over the years, I've gotten better about not saying those things out loud and keeping them to myself when they happen. But like now I'm continuing that work that even though I haven't said it out out loud, why am I having those thoughts? And like, what can I do to prevent them in the future or to be better about recognizing and recognizing in myself where they're coming from? So, because it's not the person it's me, it's your own shit. Yeah. Whatever that may be. And I know that we're talking mainly about appearances right now, but that can come into play with like competition um, and seeing other Listen, my six-year-old niece told me I needed to practice my singing voice and I've held that grudge for months. I'm aware. And do you know how I handled it? I outdid her. I felt like I had to outdo my six-year-old niece to prove a point. Right. So maybe you're- We all struggle. Maybe you're like a little bit at a different point. 
like I would never shame her for what she was wearing or what she wanted to do or what she wanted to sing. But the second you call my vocal abilities into question, you're dead to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, not bitter at all. Mm -mm. So Mary's friends are uh, an eclectic group of friends. Sylvia is a powerhouse career woman who has no kids, is not married and marching to the beat of her own drum and figuring out what works best with her in life. Albeit her, her career is kind of suffering. She's stumbling. We've got Edie who is married and has about 25 children is working on number 26. And then we've got, uh, Jada pink or Alex Fisher, who is another friend played by Jada Pinkett Smith, who is also, uh, she's an author. She's just kind of dating multiple people throughout the, the series, kind of like, again, doing her own thing. So this group of friends all finds out that, uh, Mary is having, or, or not Mary, but her husband, Steven is having an affair at the same time that Mary finds out. So Mary also goes to Saks Fifth Avenue, also gets in for a manicure and finds out from the same manicurist um, about her husband's affair with Crystal, the perfume worker. And so the friends are trying to figure out, they don't know that Mary knows, they're trying to figure out how to tell her, how to be there for her, how to support her. Meanwhile, Mary is meeting with her mom, lets her know what's happening and her mom is giving her very meaningful advice from her past history and what she went through with Mary's father, which is like, you really need to look out for yourself. If you tell your friends, they're going to need you to be there for them as they deal with it versus like you. So, um, you know, her mom's really lifting her up and kind of digging into the foreseeable future and like, what's going to happen with that. Yes. Her mom also gave her what, in my opinion, is some really terrible advice which is essentially your father cheated on me and I ignored it and everything worked out in the end. So just ignore it and pretend, you know, nothing. Yeah. That's not good. That wasn't great advice, but she did order her a gin fizz at nine 30 in the morning and said, you're going to need it. And that is lifting (laughs) a girl up. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say some of lifting women up is like, you know, we'll talk about different types, but definitely being there for a woman in a time of need and letting a woman show their vulnerability to someone is huge because I think that we are so guarded and want to be protective, especially with people that aren't in our inner circle. But sometimes admitting that you're going through something is like a step, the first step in like realizing that you're not alone. So when I think about this, And a broader aspect, I think about all my friends who are new moms. I'm not a mom. I will not be a mom, but I know that all of my friend moms, pretty much my mom. I mean, checks out. (laughs) (laughs) So you have a soon to be 33 year old. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. We got to work on that grudge holding with your, with your niece. Okay. (laughs) So when I think about the mom friends that I've got, there's that constant like guilt that all of them have, that they're not doing enough. They're not being enough, that they're not living up to societal expectations of what they should be doing. There's like so many full fucking, I'll just say it different ways of parenting and like the judgment that happens. The mom judgment is fucking real from what I've heard. And so, so I was, 
I was talking to one of my sweet friends who you've met and she was talking about how her career aspirations have changed since she had her baby and that she felt so much guilt because so many people around are applying for, you know, promotions or different jobs or starting a new career track. And she just, that's not where she is right now. And that she feels some kind of like guilt or shame that that's not. And I, I was like, you're doing what's important to you right now. And like, and there's the opposite end of the spectrum too, where there's guilt or shame for like wanting to do a career thing while mm -hmm. you have like guilt and shame, no matter what decision we make. Right. And so a part of you women lifting women, women is like finding your allies and who's able to share and be like, yeah, I'm fucking here too. I need help. Or I, I just want you to know you're not alone. Like mom to mom, you're not alone. Um, and I, seeing that is definitely a way, like there's no, that shame and that judgment, there's no point of cutting other people. It's to make yourself feel better about the decisions that you're making right. to produce judgment and on someone else. Sometimes lifting other women up is as simple as being brave enough to tell your story. We have seen that in some of the episodes of this podcast that were the hardest for us to both record and be honest about are the ones that we have gotten the most feedback on and the most uh, listens to and the most people are reaching out and saying, I thought I was alone in this. So sometimes just being brave enough to share your story is helping more people than you know. And sometimes having a friend circle that has a vault of what you can say and share and it stays. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> it's also good. One of the things we see in this movie is this group of friends has what they've established as the vault, where if they share something, it stays in the vault or they can, they can trust each other. They've got that. And they know what that means. At one point, Sylvie tells the other members of the vault that Steven is having an affair and Alex is perplexed of like how Mary doesn't know yet and saying that she needs to pull Mary's ass into the vault because it's really important that she has this information. Yeah. So I think that women lifting women can also look like having a really close knit of friends um, that you know that you can trust and say anything to lacking judgment, lacking, you know, uh, worry that they're going to go tell anybody. Like, I think that's really good to have too. I second that. And I'm very thankful for you. And I, ours isn't called the vault, but I think we have a lot of secrets. <laughs> it's a chamber of secrets. Ah, that's what it's called now. <laughs> <laughs> Put it with Valdi and the Sorcerer's Stone. Thank you and good day. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs> Can you think of a time when someone went out of their way to lift you up as another woman? Yes. My sweet, sweet friend. And I know I refer to everyone as my sweet friend, but the reality is that I have the best friends in the entire world and they're all sweet. So suck it. Anyways. Um New Year's Eve is a very weird holiday for me. And if I go through it alone, I feel like that's how my whole year is going to be, that I will be alone. Um, and she knows this about me. 
and I was in a wedding on New Year's Eve this year and I was going to be in Philadelphia and obviously I'm not in any serious relationship that I would bring somebody to the wedding and she saddled up and flew up with me and stayed with me the whole time and so I didn't start the year alone and there was nothing done like that's pathetic like it's just New Year's it's like Valentine's it's a it's a dumb holiday it was I know this is important to you let's ride oh did you have a blast we did, but I was, you know, when we got home, I was like, I don't want to see alcohol for like a month. <laughs> uh, I think a continuous place that I feel lifted is actually in the workplace. I've been very fortunate to have women lifting women in the workplace. This is in yeah. contrast to what we see in Sylvie's working environment in the movie. So Sylvie, Sylvie, Sylvie is going through, uh, she is an editor of a, a big magazine and they're trying, like they're, they hired her on to get the editions sold ramp, the issues sold ramped up and it's not doing, it's not great. She's, she's supposed to be turning this magazine around. It's not happening. She stole the other girl's idea too. She did. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for um, not lifting me up and letting me tell my story. Sorry. (laughs) Cut you right out at the knees. (laughs) Yeah. But no, she, she has a, she, she's got a conference meeting going and she definitely steals one of the girl's ideas and does not give her credit because it's different. Like the team is reporting to Sylvie. So Sylvie, like, that's her idea to share to her boss because there are different layers of communication in that business, but Sylvie didn't give her credit. And that's what I have an issue with is like, she could have said, you know, Jennifer on my team had this great idea. What if we did this to turn this magazine around? And she didn't, she just took credit Mm -hmm. for it as if it, yeah. So it's wild because And yes, I enunciate that word and I can't stop, won't stop. I was in a job interview earlier this week. And one of the questions that they asked, you know, it's all the situational. Can you give it an example of a time when blah, blah, blah. And one of them was, can you give an example of a time when you have gone out of your way to ensure that the correct person got credit for whatever? And I was kind of I'd never been asked that before and I was like yes I can give you an example but I love that because it's important that you give credit where credit's due and don't steal it because it's gonna feel dirty it it feels very dirty I think that you know we're finally getting to a place where there is more equality in the workplace, but we're not at equal yet. Nope. Um, just we're representation. We're a million miles away from equity. Right, right. So we're, we're not there yet, but we are starting to see changes. And I think what happens is we, because we don't, we didn't for a long time and we're still not completely seeing a lot of women representative of leadership in the workplace, that we feel like there's for some reason, not enough 
room or like not enough pieces of the pie for us to all get there, which is false. And so I think women turn more competitive and, and Mm -hmm. act more or, or have feel more threatened if there's another woman who has amazing ideas, but we won't get anywhere unless we're lifting each other up and we're helping women get up and, and get to those higher roles. The bit, the, there's one person in my life, in my professional career that I can really contribute where I'm at to. Um, she was my intern. She was my intern boss <laughs> at uh, the company. No, not you. Boo boo. I know mom. it wasn't. Me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> See, look at me stealing credit. <laughs> uh, we got to work on that. You're right. Add yeah. it to the list. Um, uh, no, uh, it was my internship boss, and she really was an advocate for me during the internship. When I got a job at that company out of college, she lifted me up. She helped me get connections. Like. She was an advocate um, and we need more people doing that. I try to do it as well with other women at whatever company I'm at, or even women outside of the company. I think one of the things that I've been trying to do is not back away from transparent conversations about salary. It can be really scary, but if you know someone that has the exact same job, that's the other thing. It's like, you got to compare apples to apples, right? Like different industries or like that. But like, if I know someone who has the same job as me and is a good friend, or maybe they're not a good friend, um, but we're an acquaintance and, you know, we're talking about things. We won't ever know what we don't know unless we're transparent with each other. You know, I had a conversation with a good friend who's in the exact same job as me a long time ago and recognize like the difference that we were both at and that taught us to be an advocate for ourselves and what we were worth. Yeah. I literally saw something on the internet today. So obviously it's a hundred percent true facts um, that a woman posted. I just hired someone in for a job at $80,000 when I actually had the budget to go up to $130,000 but they only asked for 80,000. So I just did it. So know your worth, know your worth. Ask and for advocate more. for yourself. So because Mary is in a really difficult situation with work, she's doing everything she can to secure her place. We've already talked about her stealing ideas for someone else. Now let's talk about her selling out her best friend to Princess Leia, a.k.a. Carrie Carrie Fisher, Fisher, um, to secure her own respect in page six of, 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 you know, in page six. So Carrie Fisher's character approaches Sylvie. They try to do a tit for tat um, for Sylvie to get some additional information and also for Carrie Fisher's character to not post anything about what she's heard about Sylvie possibly getting canned. And so in order to protect herself, she gave her a nod. Yes. And confirmed the rumor that Steven was having an affair on Mary. And that's one of the lowest of lows. Yeah. I don't love that. I don't love that at all. It's like, 
how do you get to a point where you're so low that like, I guess to me, there shouldn't be, but there are kind of levels of lifting women and like where it hurts more. She dug a hole and kicked her in Gerard, Gerard Butler 300 style. She did. For she Sparta. did. She sold out her best friend, which is no, it shouldn't be any better than selling out someone else. But like the stakes that you're where you're at to, to be so desperate to sell out a best friend is, is pretty low of low, not anti-women lifting women. You guys, if you hear weird grunting, guys, gals, they's them. If you hear weird grunting, Reggie is with me today. He's having a rough day and he has awoken from his slumber and is making some strange noises. So I apologize. And also, I think I broke my microphone. So that's why I sound weird. I mean, that's something that I don't know how you come back from because you have, you're the person, because it seems like they are the besties, the besties with the resties. You're the person that, that person, you know, they need you the most out of anyone. You're the person that they trust the most out of anyone. And you essentially, by doing that, she said, I love me more than her and I'm more important than her. And I know that's easy to do thinking it's going to be an anonymous source. Nobody will ever find out it's me, but you have to live with that guilt, which we saw eat away at her to the point where she said it was me. I did it. Yeah, I didn't. I, I think that's one of the lowest moves you could do. I did not love it. And I don't love Carrie Fisher for putting her in that situation because she should have said, she's writing about someone's marriage falling apart, first of all, for likes and clicks in the 2008 version, which is paper sales. I can't. I hate the whole situation. No women were lifting up other women there. They were putting someone down to further themselves. Let's let's also talk about the fact that Crystal, the perfume counter girl, is very much aware of her actions. She's very much aware that Stephen is married and has kids and that Stephen and Mary are not in an open relationship. And she's continuing to knowingly harm someone like Mary approached crystal albeit and lingerie both of them and damn that was a scene I would not I would have seen Eva Mendez and been like never mind, <laughs> never mind. well Mary sees Ava Mendez how and, would and- you feel about having an affair with me because damn <laughs> Mary does see Ava Mendez and lingerie. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is what I'm up against. But, you know, after Mary approaches Crystal and says, you need to stop it. You're harming my family. You're hurting me. Uh, you're, I have a daughter. Steven has a family. She's like, eh, we'll see. I'm going to keep doing it. He likes me. Her daughter puts Eva in her place, though. I'm sorry, Crystal Allen. Crystal Allen. Yeah, I do. Can. Well, I don't want to skip. 
Oh, no, we're just kind of going all over the place. It doesn't matter. Okay. You all, I have been told that we're going all over the place. So here we go. I may be skipping a whole hour of the movie. I don't even know anymore. I do love when Edie, Sylvie, and Alex, and Knight, all cheaper by the dozen of Edie's children, go into Saks and go to the perfume counter and confront in the most lovely way possible crystal allen i love it sylvie was not fucking around it was so good it was she also yelled at that child and said no one doesn't like Saks fifth avenue clearly anywho that part got me hyped up I think in the movie, there's a lot of women lifting women, but there's also a lot of women cutting women in various ways. Um, Even side comments about like someone's decision, like the the movie contradicts itself in a number of ways, but maybe they, maybe that's showing that there are different types of women that exist. For example, Mary's mom has a facelift done and Mary tells her mom, like, I don't like, if that's what you want to do, I'm here for you. I want to give you, you know, what juice through a straw, whatever you need. I'm here for you. That's your decision. Like mm-hmm. do what's right for you. But then at another point, you know, Sylvie cuts down another woman for like her Botox or like something else. So maybe like, I couldn't tell if the movie was like contradicting itself and its message of how women should act towards women, or if it's that it's trying to show that there are so many different dynamics that are happening and that different women on different levels of supporting each other. So I took it as this is all the pitfalls like no matter how hard you're trying we're all not going to be able to lift everybody up all the time there's going to be points when Mm -hmm. your feelings are hurt or you feel threatened and you're going to do something that you'll probably regret or say something that you're going to regret and that's life you shouldn't set out to do that intentionally But if you find yourself doing or saying something where you're like, this is not uplifting this person, check in with yourself, do better. Don't sell your friend out to Carrie Fisher while she's on the elliptical. (laughs) If she was on the Stairmaster, yeah, okay. (laughs) Or anyone else. But if she's on the yes, no machine, the little leggy machine, <laughs> the hip the, adductor abductor, yeah. you can sell her out there. The go-go's no-no's? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the stop, don't touch me there. This is my no-no square. That one. <laughs> When's it, do you like, do you recall a time that you cut someone down and like you had guilt or you super regretted it? Another woman? Huh. This is a tough one because I, to this day, think that my, I maintain that the the person in the situation, the, the job that they were in was not suited to their strengths and it trickled down and made everyone else in that department's job harder Mm -hmm. and 
it just, it wasn't good, but instead of offering like constructive ideas or helping to put new policies and procedures in place or doing anything constructive, I was just pissed about it. And I trashed doctor behind her back and I got caught. And it oh. wasn't a good look. And she has deleted me off all social media and will never speak to me again. Oh, no. Not proud of it. Not proud of it. I did not handle it well. Instead of saying like, hey, I can see you're struggling. How can I help? How can we, you know, organize this better? Whatever, whatever, whatever. I was like, you're the fucking worst. Mm. And here we are. And here we are. Not proud of it. Well, I, to the point of pitfalls, I would say that's probably my entire junior high. Like I know we talked about in power dynamics, junior high bullshit that happened and like me feeling terrible on the daily, but I'm sure I did that to people in junior high as well. So like you have that aspect of like reaching to be somewhere and then like causing a separation in, in where you stand and social status to distance yourselves from others who are of lower social status. Like I'm sure I did that in junior high. I can't remember all the like specific times, but I have no doubt that I played mean girl and cut other girls down to make myself better. Like your brain isn't fully developed yet. Yeah. You, I, 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 Sorry, he's Reggie's trying to eat his own paw. Everyone, just keep you updated. Um, at that point, your brain isn't fully developed. That's like survival mode, and the only thing that you know is I have to protect me. So, if someone's cutting me down, I got to cut somebody else down so I'm not the lowest of the low. And, I mean, there we talked about it on the body dysmorphia episode. They're targeting dieting pills at children, right? Like. You're, you're conditioned from such a young age to feel not enough that it makes total sense that to make yourself feel like a little bit more enough, you try to make someone else feel less than not that that's okay. I'm just saying like, I I, don't beat yourself up over that. We all survived. I feel like that's a thing today with social media. Like in where where trolls come from is that people are so caught up in their own insecurities because, 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 you're welcome. We know what we see on Instagram is completely bullshit, right? Like in so many ways, but then we take it a step further and cut other women down that are caught up in the destruction that is social media. And they, they like, and I struggle with this one. I struggle with it. So like in some ways by a woman altering her body so drastically, it creates this real, real unrealistic expectations that we have to hold ourselves accountable to. And they should, by doing that, it's like, especially women in power, like the Kardashians, 
It's literally, I was sitting here thinking about Chloe. It's, it's like, it's, it sucks because it's like, that's who we have to look up to. And wouldn't it be more awesome if we saw, you know, an unedited picture, but at the same time, I think they're just as susceptible to susceptible, susceptible, susceptible to, um, how nasty this machine is. So like this social media, high expectations machine. Now, are they contributing to the problem? Yes, but it's like a cycle, right? Cause then if they don't, then they get trolled. And then, you know, like they've got a brand to uphold. I struggle with this one. I think it's maybe about like the transparency that would help with women lifting women. But I don't think that we should just be trolling Instagram or Twitter or whatever else you're on to cut down other women in comments that like are doing no, no, um, like what's the point I suppose. So I occasionally have to unfollow people because for whatever reason, the content that they're putting on social media sets me back a little and Mm. makes me feel less than or not enough. Mm. Or I start doing comparisons and I start finding myself being like, you know, oh, whatever, that's not real, this, that, and the other. So I found that I occasionally have to unfollow people because they're not doing this to make me feel any kind of way. My response is a hundred percent my own stuff. Right. And for my mental health, I just kind of say goodbye. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, we've talked, yeah. Social cleanup is always a good thing. I guess it's like, if you do have those feelings, like, and you, I'm really coming at you trolls. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Don't troll period. That's not a way to mean (laughs) you're a mean girl. You're a bit trolls. Yeah. And I mean, obviously this movie is way before social media, but still page Uh six is a way to cut down other women in this movie. Like page six is where people get the gossip. Page six is how they talk about things. So yeah, I, I just wanted to like pull that in. Like 2008 was my space for me, basically. There weren't a lot of Who was in your top eight? Matthew Kelly. Oh my gosh, stop it. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think Matt may have been in my top eight. He was in your top eight. Why wasn't I in your top eight? Because we didn't really know. We each didn't other know each other then. Yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, you've stolen me. No. Well, yeah. One of the things that I did love about the the way that they kind of wrapped it all up is, you know, Sylvia and Mary hashed it out. Mary said, "I've been designing for old ladies my whole life just to like be able to work for the family business. That's not what I'm about. I'm about to put on a fashion show." And she did. And then even though all of them were kind of like, oh, kids, they all rallied around Edie while she was giving birth. And listen, watching a baby come out of that shoot is the ultimate form of friendship. Matt watched the scene with me and he was dying. He was like, I would be Alex, like Alex straight up, like turning about to faint in the room. (laughs) No, I would be down in there. Like, can I just, Oh, I would not. What if I just get in there? Nope. But I think the beauty of the scene is like, they're all there for each other. They've all gone through really shitty times and they're rallying because they know no matter what happens, they've got each other's back. 
So you, what's the, what is the fun fact that you just shared with me that I had no idea and I didn't realize, and now I feel dumb. So the only man in the entire movie of the women is the baby that Edie has in the emergency room. So the entire movie is nothing but women as actors that appear on screen. So I think it's pretty cool that this movie does that intentionally. And then I think they do it to show new hope (laughs) going to the storyline too um, at the end. But I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Perfect. So before we rate this, I just need to say one thing that I've noticed in multiple movies and it really uh, grinds my gears. What's that? They always like, you'll see in this movie in the beginning when Meg Ryan Mary is all over the place. Oh, she I know what you're going to say. And when <laughs> she can't like get it together, she has curly hair. And then when she has her life together and she's a fashion designer and she is in control, that hair is straight. We see that with Carrie and Sex in the City. We've seen that in multiple things. And let me tell you something, curly haired bitches can get shit done too. <laughs> so how do you rate this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rate it a six out of 10 chicks. I think that it does a good job at showing how women can be there for each other. I think that it shows a lot of the negative parts of cutting women instead of lifting them in like the day-to-day aspect. So I would have liked to see them lifting women, like showing those balanced a little bit more. Cause to me, the cutting down women kind of outweighs the lifting of women. So I'm going to say 10, six out of 10 chicks. What about you? I am going to go just like a teensy tiny bit higher. Um, I'm going to say seven out of 10 chicks because, because we should get a t-shirt made where the B is in lowercase and the cause is huge. Jack, get on that. Thanks. So. Um, I appreciate that they showed examples of them lifting each other up and examples of how hard that can be in certain situations and how hard it can be to admit that you have done something wrong to one of your nearest and dearest and closest. Um, And I appreciate that because life is not all, let me lift you up, roses, daisies, sunshine. There are rainy days. There are situations that you get into where you may not do as good as you wish you would have. Um, and that is all part of life. And so I do appreciate that they showed that, but do you all, do you guys, gals, days, thems know where to find us every Wednesday, new podcasts, all your podcast places. Will my mic be fixed by the next one? Probably not. Who knows? We'll find out. Follow us on all the socials uh, at Chick Chip Pod, except Facebook, where we are Chick Stuff Pod because Zuck sucks, die. What else? If you have capacity to leave us a written review, if you've got some spoons, please do so wherever you get your podcasts, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Those will get you the dyes noodles. Until next time. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Chick Shit. We hope this episode has pushed you just enough to lose a little faith in the media's veneer and gain some useful knowledge to help navigate the day-to-day nonsense that we women contend with. For resources and general mischief, follow on Instagram and Twitter at ChickShitPod. 
or get in touch by email at chickshitpod at gmail.com. To help others find the show, please like and subscribe. And if you know a woman who might appreciate two new friends and a good dose of laughter, please share this podcast. Until next time, keep it real.